Hey, Pride fam, get ready for another episode of Pride, Pride the Podcast. Featuring special guests from RuPaul's Drag Race, Dita Ritz. So grab you a hump day treat and take a little time to hang with Pride. Hola. We back, 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 back. Bonjour, Bonjour ladies. Yes. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Pride the Podcast, brought to you by our special friends at Rehab Entertainment and DNR Studios. I'm Adam Andrew Rios. I'm Ashley Mitchell. I'm Darrell Anthony. And I'm Mr. Braden Bradley. And I'm so excited for this episode. <laughs> Are you? We have a very special guest coming up. But Who is before, it? Oh, I, what we want to say? Or do yeah, you want to wait? No, I Girl, think we, we got say. We got the RuPaul Drag Race season four contestant, superstar icon, the incomparable Dita Ritz. <laughs> Everything's better on a Ritz. Yeah. Yes. I think that was one of hers. If not, she should. Should have been. It should have been. Be. Anyway. I, I want a Ritz cracker. Cheese. Right. I want some legs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some I want some legs. cheesecake. No. <laughs> I didn't mean chicken legs. I just meant some legs. Everything comes back some to legs. Food. Just yeah. always. Some man's legs. <sighs> Speaking of food, did anyone have any special Valentine's Day plans? <laughs> wow. Um, Silence. I, I did something. Yeah, Adam, we did a Galentine's. We Adam, had a Galentine's. Adam day. cooked yeah. um, some ribs, some chicken, some broccoli, some mashed potatoes, some mm. cheddar bay biscuits, some soft cookie with bro- mm. um, chocolate mm-hmm. chip with uh, mm. peanut butter cookies, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was quite delicious. And it, it was, was great. I'm, I'm trying then, to get flued out. And then yesterday okay. I, I went to, get to food up. I went right. to dinner and I had a dim sum, and it was good. Wait, what? I went to dinner yesterday and had dim sum. With who, Darrell? He sh- um, he's not signed. Um, uh, he's not, he's, uh, he has an NDA. NDA. Uh, oh, no, so it is but it's a, a, it's a new friend. He's, he's great. He's, he's nice. <laughs> listen, y'all know. I'm just trying to find out the tea. Yeah, well, listen, y'all know I don't do the whole day thing, but I am sweet on someone. So it was, it was nice. That's a very good way to put it. I am sweet, I'm sweet on, on someone. Yeah. You're so country. I'm so country. I am. Oh, this is the second time Ashley called me country. What was the thing I said yesterday when I was just like, I said, I'll, <laughs> I'm going to end up getting pneumonia, not old monia. <laughs> Ashley was like, Darrell. Oh. Darrell. Like she balled like, up my fist. That's I was like, I'm going to throw you out the window. That's a good one. That. You yeah, are That's stupid. always been a knee slapper. Yeah, the new and old. Yeah, thank you, friend. So on my Valentine's Day night, I just sat here in my little studio apartment. I went and got the cats some nice turkey giblet. Oh, okay. That's nice. Just because it was, you know, it's for Valentine's holiday. Day. I got them new clothes. Yeah, I see I that. I bought myself some roses, to Ooh. which are on my kitchen counter. We bought ourselves roses, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I listened to a little bit of Love Jazz Medley. Oh. And I took a bubble bath. Bubble bath. <laughs> <laughs> You know, just really loving myself. No, and that's, that's great. The first, that's the you best thing to. to do. Love yourself. Oh, I went to the gym. So you really love yourself. Mm-hmm. We took a walk today. We did. We started. We did. Oh, where'd y'all walk? How long? How far? It was two miles total. So, you know, it was about, well, we <clears throat> took a pit stop at Marshall's because we were there. <laughs> 
Um, and so I guess overall it was maybe like 45 minutes. Yeah. That's like 200 calories. Over 200 calories. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's a little more for my fat ass, so. That's great. <laughs> that's and great. All we've had is a smoothie. And we did. And I'm hungry. Yeah, no, I'm hungry. That's all you have eaten today? Well, it was after that we did well, the walk, I... grabbed a smoothie. I was like, I might have ordered myself some sushi. I don't oh, know. That's right. I, I might have went and got some rice with, um, like, this, um... Steak meat on top of it. Steak meat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but it was. It's like weird because it's like they do this like buffet at our little store, uh, shop fair. So I had that and it was good and had you know a little some salad next to it. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Is that it, Darrell? Uh-huh. Oh, I guess. Not. I don't. Right. What do you have to say? Not your Valentine. Hello. No, it was fun. <laughs> it was a good uh, Valentine's Day weekend. Um, we watched lots, Valentine. We watched Valentine, the little slasher film. Oh, um, but I was gonna say um, it was a, it was a weekend filled with enlightenment mm-hmm. and inspiration yeah. and girl power mm-hmm. and um, yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah, it was I a good know. it was a good weekend. Of Where did like, all that come from? You know, conversation, liquor. hair. hair, hair, and liquor. Yeah. Actually, fellowshipping. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, and yeah. lots of mimosas. Very that. Uh, and and we now, you know, the great Professor Charles is back. Uh, yes. So it was our first weekend celebrating him being back. And it was just a, it was a really good time. And we just all kind of got together. And, you know, we tried to get Brayden up time. You know, as <laughs> and you guys know, he lives in Chelsea. Um, and Brayden's doing great by not drinking this month. So he also can't be around us. Because, you know, we ain't can't sure. be tempted by the devil. No. Yeah. So, I'm proud of you, friend. Adam, what did you do <laughs> yesterday? Did you do anything following up from Valentine's Day? Um, you want to talk to it, about I went on uh, my first date <laughs> um, to Chelsea Markets. I was right in your hood. Oh, well, thanks for saying hello. Well, you know. Um, I had never been to Chelsea Market. Wow, so. man. Bros before hoes. And so we went. <laughs> <laughs> you are dumb. We went, you got, stupid. we went and got tacos and then got a coffee and then walked the High Line, which I had never done either. What? It's right there. I, and so, um, yeah, and then we walked You are place. not allowed to be in my neighborhood without me knowing. Were you going to, I was going to bring him by? No, you just need to let me know. Anyway. Just so I know. Okay. Iggy. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then we did Hudson Yards and all that jazz. I showed him where I used to work and blah, 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 blah. Um, and then I invited him back over, and we hung out. I showed him, we ordered food. I showed him Scream, which is like my favorite horror movie. He was not really a fan of it, but that's okay, you know? This was his first experience. He was like, that was your favorite scary movie? I was like, yeah, I know. Did y'all get naked? Um, I was I was without apparel at one point. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say, okay. <laughs> You were without That's a nice apparel. way of You are that. stupid. Yeah. Was, was he donned in his apparel? Mm-hmm. He, he was donned in his. Right. So you were the only I one without. I was posing. He was like drawing. You. <laughs> so you had a whole Titanic moment. Yeah, I did. I was wearing just this. You know. What's, what, this? what's this? Oh, a necklace. You know, I was wearing. You know, with the damn cho- necklace. I'm going to take she that necklace like, and choke you with it. paint me in this. <laughs> only this. Anyway, I'm gonna choke you with it. I believe she Ashley. threw it off the edge uh, of the boat. She what? did. I was gonna ask Ashley Eaton. Uh-huh. Um, what did you do for Valentine's Day? Um, I. What did we do? Valentine's. <laughs> no, I said, what did we do? Uh, Sunday, yeah, we, we 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 made dinner for Valentine's. Okay, Day. yeah. Saturday and Sunday kind of blurred together. Yeah, I so many mimosas. But <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I'll be yeah. back. I'll be back. I can't wait. Yeah, Come I'm much first, around. you probably gonna block. Yeah, I'll be on Telstar. You probably gonna honestly, you probably send all of us a text the next day to apologize for your behavior. I'm having a pretty trapped. It's gonna be one of those like, hey guys, I'm so sorry. It's, it's like me and Philly. It's like, I think I'm gonna send it before the night even begins, <laughs> just so I know that it got there. I'll get crazy. Anyway. Yeah. Well, while y'all were out frolicking in the city, <laughs> I was at home. Going through an MCU hole and just watching WandaVision, and then I start watching the Fantastic Four, and I'm sitting there and just having a glass of wine, mm-hmm. eating some strawberries. That does sound nice. Listen, yeah, yeah you, that's it was a, nice. it's very important. I loved my night. Right. Oh, I mm-hmm. also got, I was telling Corey, our producer, earlier in the green room, that I got the most amazing massage mm. to treat myself for Valentine's mm. Day. We love and that. it's right here on the corner, and it's called Sean Yaw or something like that. What corner? Corner of 23rd and 7th, you can get a whole foot massage, which includes your calf, your shin, and your knee. Both of them, not just one pair. Mm. Both of them for $29 an hour. What? And then you can also get a full body head-to-toe massage for $59 an hour. They're open from 8.30 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. at night. Wow. And I went in. I went in, Mm -hmm. and it's very nice. The walls are painted deep, painted deep purple. They're socially distanced, wearing masks, of course, and they get in deep. And if any of you out there want to go to 23rd and 8th, you can go to the gentleman's spa over here and get you another kind of massage if you're looking for something a little bit more freaky than what Greg was doing. No, they moved to 22nd between... Oh, they moved that too? Oh, you passed by? I passed by. That's it. They moved? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, you heard it here first, people. They moved to 22nd. I'm trying to go. 22 skidoo. <laughs> <laughs> the blue skidoo. skidoo that we that. can't do. We, <laughs> I don't know. Those men's balls make me nervous. Mm-hmm. Mm, they don't make me nervous. I'm sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you all been to a bathhouse? No. No. Absolutely no, absolutely. Not. That's crazy. Brayden has never been to that house, and Brayden will never go to that house. Why? Because Brayden ain't had the right amount of liquor or turn up from Durrell to get into one. I'm extremely private when it comes to my oh, I mean, sexual. There is a video on Xvids that <gasps> you are not. That is on Xvids. That is not even. Dum, 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 right. Don't even let him play you like that. That is absolutely. Now that, that makes sense because when we I was in... offered money to do a video. <laughs> Why you didn't take it? You was a stripper once because and got I money. Wouldn't do that. Jeez. You was a stripper and you got money. <laughs> there was a strip contest. Did and you I, strip? And I, <laughs> Seventeen times. No, I didn't have to take off any of my clothes. I just stripped down into my skivvies. Yeah, but which is fine. You probably wanted to take. I was off also underage. Well, that's a whole other discussion. Were we? Oh, maybe. Yeah, because yeah, no, I remember being on top of the cage, upside down, with X's on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> ah, not upside down. Well, look. <laughs> I told you I would. Yeah. But that reminds me, yeah, in D.C. you were offered, like, we were going to the bathhouse, and you were like, no, I'm going to the bathhouse. And, <coughs> yeah. And you did just that? And then Adam and I went to the bathhouse and walked back that morning. And, it was daylight. Anyway. Church was starting. <coughs> not church. Yeah, people that was, that was. I saw people. That was the. Oh no, no, I didn't go to the bathhouse the first time we went to DC. Oh, you went. Anyway, we we'll just gonna discuss that in <laughs> another episode. We don't got, we don't got, and we'll discuss that in another episode. We'll Love and loving each other and loving sex <coughs> and you know what did Rue say? You can't love yourself. 
And we're going to talk about that coming up, about RuPaul and yeah, everything. I'm excited with for our next guest. Dita Reds. I'm so happy that she's joining us. Category so is Cheesecake. And we'll be right back. Hi guys! Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm Welcome back. super excited for our next guest. We have RuPaul's Drag Race superstar from season four, the incomparable Dita Ray. <laughs> yes, hello, darling. Thank you so much, Dita Ritz, for joining us today. Um, how okay. have you been? How's quarantine going? Uh, quarantine is going super good. You know, it's um, luckily, I thank God that I am a hustler because, uh, you know, I know how hard this has hit a lot of drag queens. And so I just thank God that I am. A hustler because uh, if I I if I just did not know how to like pick my own self up off my bootstraps consistently, then I would fear for how crazy I would have probably gone in this entire quarantine. No, seriously, true, yeah. I feel like the theme of the quarantine was pivot. Yeah, <laughs> how are we gonna pivot? And I feel like a lot of queens had to quickly, you know, adjust. Adjust. Literally. Yeah. No, I mean. We all were, I think we all, I mean, even me included, you know, I, I keep like a very low team. Like when, like there's some girls I know in Drag Race, they have like teams of like literally like 10 people. I say maybe at the most of three, three people at the most on the team, because it's just easier for like all of us to delegate and talk and have our moment. But I feel bad for the girls who like had like massive teams and, you know, everybody was dispersed because they had, you know, uh, everybody was quarantining and nobody really could be around each other. And I think it's, when I've talked to some of those girls, I think it's taught them how to like do things on their own. You know, I love it. Drag queens are getting back to doing their own creative stuff and maybe not necessarily having to always depend on getting something made or somebody to do something. Like, you know, a lot of drag queens are like learning how to go back to the basics. Yeah, like right. RuPaul in uh, season 12 finale, was it? Ooh, when yeah. she <laughs> went back to basics. That, she... that was a little... <laughs> 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 we get a little shady sometimes, too. It's, it's kind of... I love crazy. it. You hear that laugh? That, that laugh is just to cover it up. <laughs> um, so, Dita, like, where are you uh, based at now, like, in terms of quarantine? I'm in Chicago. I mean, I live in Chicago, so I've always, I've lived here for, oh my God, at this point, almost 20 years. It's crazy. But I've been in Chicago and I've just been quarantining back and forth between my own place. And then I go to my boyfriend's place and we just have been quarantining together. And we have like a very small group of like three people we hang out with, like another couple friend of ours and then this another friend. So it's, <laughs> it's been, yeah, it's been very, it's like a very small group. And um, my boyfriend's been helping me with like videos. So if I want to film videos for performances or, you know, and I, and I, do, I just come home and I sew, my apartment literally has been turned into like a studio. I live in a studio, um, a nice size studio mm -hmm. apartment in Chicago, but it's literally like, I literally have a studio filming space. I literally have a sewing space and then I have a cute little space for me to sleep. So it's, <laughs> it's just, it's kind you know, of where you have like just your little palette and you're like kind of your maze to get to the bed. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's kind of getting it's kind of getting there. But luckily I have like a nice walk-in closet. So it's not like I'm sleeping on the drag. You know, the drag can all be in one room and then I can luckily like not trip over, you know, I can still have some type of organization. So right. It's so. organized parents, if you will. Exactly. My favorite. <laughs> so do I know you where everything is. 
<laughs> you mentioned your boyfriend. How long have you guys been dating and how did you meet? We've been dating for uh, two years and we met through, uh, we actually just recently celebrated back in November, our anniversary. Aww. And um, I, we met through, through mutual friends. And I always say it takes a very special man to date a drag queen because we are just, or anybody, I think entertainers period, it takes a special man or a special person because they have to be able to really like see their partner or their mate through all of that you know, the looks and the clothes and the and, and the and the energy and whatever. So um yeah, it's my baby. I love him. <laughs> we were just talking about that earlier actually in the green room about um having your career and then your relationship and then being able to juggle both and then have your partner be able to see yeah. you, mm -hmm. you know, as you as you and then have to put the career to the side. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Because a lot of people wouldn't and they're like, I need you to focus on me. It's like, well, yeah i mean i do luckily i'm i'm really lucky that he knows that how focused i am on my career and so he understands like uh if i can't always come over and hang out because i'm working on something or i have to finish something or um you know we went to um we went to like the lake michigan uh a while back just to like a country house just to kind of get out of the city um but i had had shows lined up like digital shows and i kind of like to i try my best to like create new videos for the digital shows, so they're just not a bunch of repeat videos and so i told him i said you have to let me just work this entire week and then when we go to the like house in michigan i won't you know i won't even talk about drag so um it is a little bit of like give and take you know and i think it's a lot it's a lot of work i don't think people really understand and I didn't understand it even um you know when you get in relationships they're a lot of work and they're a lot of compromising you have to mm -hmm. do. I yeah that's a good word yeah I mean before so before we get into our questions I want you to tell our listeners out there how did Dita Ritz become to be like how was she born like let everyone know uh well she uh she really has she really came together just through like mutual drag friends at first you know, I would, I've always loved the behind the scenes aspect of entertainment more than the forefront. You know, I went to fashion school, so I liked the idea of like learning how to like sew and make the clothes for the queens or yeah. um, I was always the one in the dressing room, you know, back in Lansing, Michigan, where I'm from, because I'm originally from Lansing, Michigan. And so I would be in the, uh, in the dressing room at the bar with all the queens, uh, you know, zipping them up, handling their luggage, you know, like teasing the back of their hair, you know, just really making sure, walking them to the stage. Um, and every single time they all would say, you know, you need to do drag, you need to do drag. And I honestly said, no, I honestly said, no, I'm more of a behind the scenes person, but it really started when I was with in those fashion legs. school. Oh, honey, <laughs> believe it or not. behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. no. For real. The, the, um, the so, legs are everything. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. Um, and so it really just started from like, I went to fashion school. And so when I would make these clothes, you know, people would have to pay, they would like get models. And I was like, it said nowhere in the book that I could be my, I couldn't be my own model. So I literally modeled myself after my own clothes, you know, and would wear my clothes for like portfolio stuff. And I think it made people just more intrigued. But once I started seeing myself in drag, all of my friends were like, girl, like you just need to do drag. Like you are a great performer. You know how to dance. You know you're beautiful in drag like why not try like you know give it all a try and i just was not a believer in the beginning of it but it was you know it wasn't until i got the hang of it and then you know before i know it it really just all kind of took off you know because everything happened so quick i started drag 
I was doing drag. I was getting really booked a lot around Chicago. I had a lot of the Chicago legends at, you know, the Continental Girls, Mimi Marks, Monica Monroe, uh, Victoria LePage, all of those women really like, you know, giving me the thumbs up. And then before I knew it, drag race happened. And then I've just, you know, I've, I've just, I always say this, I've never really looked back um, until honestly recently in quarantine because I've been doing interviews and I've been really telling my story lately, but I've never really looked back until now at like how it all happened. It just all happened so quick. You know, I was 21 years old starting drag and now I'm 35. <laughs> well, when, wow. where, when and where were you when you got the call that you had made season four of Drag Race? Oh God, I was, um, I was over, I was hanging out with my friend Hector who actually made the infamous gold outfit from the listing for your life. Uh, I was hanging out with him and his brother and, um, you know, they were my only two outlets that knew I was auditioning for the show because, you know, you can't really tell a lot of people and you really don't want it. You kind of want to keep that secret, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, uh, I, I was hanging out with them and uh, one of the producers called me and said, you know, can you get to a, a computer to Skype? We want to Skype with you. And I, that was the first time they ever wanted to Skype with me. So I thought, okay, this is like weird. Like, what does that mean? And my friend Hector had said, he said, oh my God, I think that you might have like that, that might be a good thing because they might want to get your reaction if they tell you you're on the show or whatever. So like, you know, I went over to my friend Lewis's house and um, I used his Skype uh, and I called them. Yes, honey, Skype, girl. (laughs) (laughs) There was no, honey, there was no Zoom at that time. No, no. I, I Skyped and it was so funny because actually when they told me, I like right when it happened and it started, I had to use the restroom and I it like, it hit me like crazy. Cause I think the nerves and I was like, why did they want to Skype me? And so they were like, you know, oh, you got on the show. At first they were lagging it for a little bit. And then they were like, you got on the show. We, you know, we really want you and da da da. And I said, can you just hold on for one second? And I ran <laughs> into the bathroom. And I always laugh because I'm literally in the next room using the bathroom, like yelling at them through Skype, like, hold on, please. And like, I, you know, and I don't want to hear, I don't want them to hear the dribble and the pee. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, <laughs> you know, I'm like, this is not how you introduce yourself to these good Hollywood people. But it was, it was, it's something that I always remember that moment. And I remember coming back and sitting down, to, down, at, down at the computer and just being like, okay, now I'm back, I'm back. And then freaking out, like what I got on really. And, you know, you think it is a joke. You really, you don't believe it. I didn't believe I was actually on um, RuPaul's Drag Race literally until I remember the first day being on the runway before, you know, we find out who's top and bottom and all that. You're just standing there and you're literally like, okay, you're in front of RuPaul at this point. Like, this is legit. Like, Michelle Visage is there, RuPaul's there, Santino's there. Like, Elvira was the first guy. I was like, okay, this is pretty big. You know? <laughs> right. Oh my God, that's so that's legendary. Because I think, in my opinion, you know, season three was great. You had Raja, but I really think season four was when it really just put it on the map. It was yeah, like, set the standard. Set the standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were the first season to have a real budget. Like this is, I think, yeah. by that point, yeah. um, you know, Logo and RuPaul's Drag Race had become a thing. The girls had really started traveling. I think it helped because we had had people like Raja who were on Top Model and had television exposure and already had that name that brought um, more. Uh, attention to the show and so I think it really it helped like having like you know people just talk about it and like set the time like very minor celebrities not a lot of celebrities now I mean it's crazy I see people like Cameron Diaz bringing it up in interviews but like it was like minor celebrities who even brought it up and we're just like I'm just watching this new show RuPaul's Drag Race or my friend RuPaul just started a show so it was 
it was very um it was still like in its like pushing beginner process but season four was our first season where they really like they really started upping the game with the judges and you know yeah, I yeah. Mean, you know Pamela Anderson was a special judge for us you know oh, Regina yeah. King and Loretta Devine and Pam Tillis oh, you know it's like it's <laughs> These are like very iconic people that well, I grew Natalie up Cole. Like watching. Yeah, Natalie Cole. Where, you know, like, you're iconic. Iconic Yes. <laughs> yes, my favorite. Yeah. Oh, we play it like every Friday. Yeah. We always <laughs> do like a warm up to Drag Race, and we always play that and all the like lip sync assassin moments. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, I I always that's like a moment I always sits like with me as like a true honorable moment because. You know, it's like the song of the artist you perform in front of them. And it has really become um, a song that people associate. They associate that song um, with me, but not only with me, just with like the, it's like a pop culture moment. And it's, yeah, it's great it how, it, it's great how whenever I'm, uh, when people maybe don't, I always say, honey, you know who I am. But when people try to play that, you know, like, oh, I don't like, which one is Dita? And then people literally say the lip sync from season four or the lip sync period. Yeah. Go, oh, yeah. her, the girl with the bob, the girl with the bob. <laughs> <laughs> it's, one of it's great because that of anything, you know, I think everyone goes, every queen has a different agenda than when she goes to drag race. You know, some queens are funny. They want to get on comedy. You know, they want to be jokesters. They want to be look queens. They want to be fierce. They want to be passionate. For me, it was really important just to let people know and to let all these good promoters out here that book shows like, look, I can perform, you know, yeah, everything you know. else can be fixed. You know, the wigs can be fixed. The, you know, the clothes can be, you know, fixed. All the stuff can be, once I start making that good old coin, you know, we can up the, we can up the wardrobe. But performing is something that, you know, like you cannot, not every girl can really uh, buy, you know? Yeah, so, you didn't have it uh, on that, Dita, I do want to say we had one of our listeners, Dave, to tell you especially that your lip sync, um, that was one of the best lip syncs of all time. And he wants to personally thank you for that. Yeah. Like, it meant so <laughs> oh, much. I, I think that seeing that and, you know, with the late, great Natalie Cole, like, it was, it was just so beautiful. And we were watching mm -hmm. it the other day and we were like, I didn't even realize, bless her soul, the princess was on the stage. It's like, we're mm -hmm. watching you. Yeah. And you're, you are... So oh, angelic it's like you were so <laughs> angelic in the way you did it, and mm -hmm. you started it off like, let me tell you, like it was so <laughs> beautiful. And yeah. that's what performing is about, baby, that's uh -huh. all, what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, I grew up, like I said, I grew up around like all the Continental girls in Chicago. You know, the the legends, the Mimi Marks and the Monicas, and Victoria LePage, and Taj Mahal was my drag mother, and mm -hmm. and I I just really had I I really consider myself so lucky that I grew up around real legendary people whose shoulders we stand on and who have broken down doors for I think really for drag to be like it is because um you know drag has just changed a lot you know and so I find that sometimes the newer younger generation doesn't really understand like the trials and tribulations that those legends had to go through in order for us to be as vocal as we want to be and be you know be us and be outgoing and be on TV and be on these things, you know what I mean? And so I, I just, I just consider myself so lucky that I was able to be raised around some real drag legends, you know, and I took all that with me to the show, you know, I took all that, um, I, I, I took all of that with me. And that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I want to go back just a smidge before that lip sync. So whenever you walked into the room, bonjour ladies. <laughs> yeah. Has now become like, 
a huge meme recently, <laughs> which I was like, oh, I love to see it. Yeah, you know, yes. give her her props. Um, so when you came in and you saw all the queens there, like who did you think was your biggest competition, or who you thought was gonna win? Um, I well, I always say I knew Sharon was gonna win because they just liked Sharon a lot. Like they yeah. just, it was just a given. I mean, she could do anything. She couldn't. She couldn't do anything wrong at the at that point. And um, they just loved everything she did. She would literally say "boo" and they would start laughing. So I just, you know, and and I always say that if you can get Rue to um break into like a hard chuckle, yeah. you like a, you're you're like you're you like won over the heart of RuPaul. And yeah. so uh, Sharon just consistently did that. She was fearless, and so I always was like that's 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 my that's my choice of who I honestly think was going to win. But I also thought. Chad Michaels, you know, Chad Michaels to me was the biggest competition because he was extremely polished. Mm -hmm. You would just look at him and, you know, it's so interesting when I, I remember one time I looked at Chad and it, to me, it was like, you, I don't know how to explain this. It was like, you have on a wig, a, a jumpsuit and a pair of shoes, but it's also put together so perfect. It's fitted, it's tailored, it's mm -hmm. like stoned and embellished. It looks expensive, but it's like from the fat, like it's just, it's <laughs> so like, everything is it's like experience like that's yeah, what Chad yeah. Michael's drag gives me it's like an experienced person who understands how a wig is supposed to go on his head how his makeup is supposed to look how what necklace goes with this what I mean it was so to me that was the competition I was like there's no way like Chad has got years above me you know I was three years into the game when I went on drag race compared mm -hmm. to someone like Chad who is I mean, you know, hello, Chad Michaels. Yeah, yeah. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about, yeah, it's all about like the details and how they're. It's all about the details. Yeah, I love right. that. <clears throat> well, I want to know how you feel about speaking of Chad and her elaborate costumes. How do you feel about like the pressures of modern drag race that show up with a level of fashion and design that's like out of reach for a lot of queens because of socioeconomic reasons? Um, you know, I've, I have always said that on one hand, okay, so here we go. On one hand, I, um, I love it because I think it's, it's fun because like, if you think about a lot of the girls like, um, Miss Fame and, and I want to make it really clear what I'll say. I love all this. I want to make it clear when I, cause I don't want anybody to be listening and thinking, oh, you're hating or anything, but. I, I, I love like the fact like you can see like girls like Fame and Aquaria and Violet and like, you know, like you see them at front row and fashion shows. And mm -hmm. I think that is so amazing because it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's always a given that gays have had a big part, um, not just in with like when you see like Lady Gaga dressed or Beyonce's outfits, but like when you see the fashion industry, there is, I mean, the fashion industry is ran by men. It is ran by gay men. Yeah. Um, and so I, I love it. I think that it's amazing. It shows that, you know, literally drag bag is just not for the bars anymore, that it can be for the venues, the theaters, the runways, everything. Um, I think where I get a little deterred with it is that I just want to see more variety. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, when I speak about fame and Violet and Aquaria, all beautiful queens, all super talented in what they do, but they all have one thing in common. They're all white, you know, like it'd be nice to see more 
of Black girls sitting front row at Fashion Week. You know, we already have some very fashionably known Black girls, but I feel like they're not utilized uh, within the fashion industry fair. You know, Shea Coulee is a fashion icon. Naomi Smalls is a fashion icon. You know what I mean? Like there are just, there, there are other girls who I really want to be able to see sitting in those front rows. I mean, hello, Ms. Dita Rista in front row. I mean, hello. Hello. That's right. Um, and it's actually funny. I remember, uh, hello, I remember years, <laughs> uh, years, years, years ago, I met um, Mark Jacobs and I remember saying kind of like to him, I mean, I think he thought I was joking, but I was serious. I was like, I want to walk one of your shows one day. And he just laughed and was like, huh? And I was like, I'm dead ass serious. <laughs> like, I'm not joking. Um, <laughs> right? So, exactly. So I think that it's nice to see, um, but I also think, I also want people to understand that, um, that you know, you don't have to have, you know, um, you know, Gucci this and red bottom that to do drag. You don't, you really, really don't. And also there are ways to cheat all that. You know, if you want red bottoms, girl, go to the store and get you some paint and paint all your shoes red bottom. No one is going to judge you. <laughs> if you like, you know, like, <laughs> get crafty. I, 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 everyone's on it, you know, get crafty. These fabric stores now, they sell all the monogram designer prints, you know, the Louis Vuittons and Chanel's and stuff like that. You know, make your clothes. I mean, if you can't, you know, I, I myself am a queen who works with a budget and I can't always afford to, you know, buy the most high-end stuff or the best fabric, but you better believe when I'm in a fabric store, I find a great substitute. You know, I find oh, ways right. to like, you know, um, I find ways to cheat, you know, cheat the game. You know, one of my favorite designers is Jean-Patista Valley and I love his tool creations he does. I can't afford them tool creations, but at the same time, I will, you know, order 40 yards of tool online or I'll go to the store and go get tool and make something of my own and create my own fantasy. Mm -hmm. I think it's just about, and really what, like, it's just really what the new drag era has come to is creating your own fantasy, you know, like just creating what you feel is, expensive and what you're proud of you know you know Evie oddly I think did a really great job at that and it's still done a great job at uh hoining in on that authentic uh person that she is but still elevating a little bit you know what I mean and she's not a girl who is you know wearing expensive looking clothing or wearing you know you know Gucci this or Versace that you know she she finds her happiness in her drag where she can where she can you know feel and look and look good, you know? Mm -hmm. I just think it's all about how you look, you know? And I, I want people to know that, like, it's not, you know, those, kudos to those girls who spend $10,000 on a dress. That's that's good for them. Okay. I am not gonna do that, okay? Right, right. right. I, I got it. I got my money. Even if I had it, I am stingy as fuck with my money as it already is. I know that's I right. Okay. I, no, I don't, you know, I think the only thing that I, I will admit that I have become really like bad at spending and I had to hoin back in a little bit on his hair because I do have a little love affair for a good old human unit here and there, you know? Okay. So like, yeah. uh, you know, that's why like, you that's, that's long, a little bit different. Though. You know, we, we, we know black people, we take care of our hair. Um, oh, girl, and, and you know, and I openly admit this, honey, I, that was the hardest thing for me when I first started doing drag. I mean, I think we all saw that with me on the show, that there were things that I struggled with. And one of them, one of them was hair because I didn't really quite understand, like, first of all, how much, like, you just said, that's your crown, but then also, like, hello, I am a Black queen, like, that, if I, if that's what I play to as a Black queen, and I emulate a Black woman, like, the hair has got to be on point, girl, so, you know, <laughs> those are things that you spend, you know, you spend the money on, and there are certain things that queens do that, to. you know, there's queens who love makeup, and they will go out and buy thousands of dollars in makeup, you know, Willem, Willem loves a good pair of shoes, she has great shoes, but she'll wear the most little cutest, whatever, Chico's little dress that she has, to, you know, Chico's. 
You know, so I, you know, she probably won't wear no Chico. She'll probably have on a few little expensive dress too. But you know, it's just wow. it's all in how you find your happiness, though. You find your happiness, you know. Yeah, very yeah. nice. Well, Zita, for those queens that, well, we've been hearing that some queens are having to take out loans in order to mm-hmm. go onto the show to appear as if they are fully polished and ready. Is that something mm-hmm. that you had to do? Is that something that you support? What's your advice? Loan or no loan? Debt <laughs> or no debt? Oh, I mean, it's, it's I've got to be honest with you. It was something I, it was an option that I had to do when I went on my show and I, I did not do. I would much rather you try to have find good friends who are, you know, I have friends now who have told me like, if I go, if I was to ever go back on All Stars, they already told me like, don't take out any money. Like I will sponsor you or I will like oh, give you money or I will, you know, like don't mess up your credit. And that's like the thing I would just tell like the Queens is like, if you know you can pay it back, I mean, do it. You know, we sacrifice a lot for this industry and when you do drag. So if you know you can, you know, take out a $10,000 loan, um, and you know you can pay it back within time you know do it but if you can't do it don't don't mess your credit up like that you know and that's just real that's like on some real educational stuff right there yeah. 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 well I asked, that's on period. You know, I asked this fool to sponsor me and they said no so I guess I I'm got it. Gonna... <laughs> it was a lot of money I, to sponsor it really will um, so Dita you kind of already alluded to this and we talked about it there's been a lot of conversation about racism um, and drag race and the fandom um, and also issues with a lot of the girls and some of the girls who have been continuing to do shows. I know Trinity um, came under fire for some things that she said on Twitter. Um, I know obviously Sherry Pye's interview happened today with Tamron Hall. We, there's a couple of things that's been happening. What is your take on how drag race has changed and how they treat the queens maybe or protect the queens differently than they did you guys earlier on? Um, yeah, I mean, there is definitely a, a big change. I think that that is from, you know, it changing networks. Like I said, every year the budget gets heightened, the Emmys, honey, we're snatching trophies, you know, things that. like that uh, happen. Um, it has been, uh, for me, because I am just, I've always been a fan of Drag Race, even um, being, and I think that there's a kind of a misconception from people that think because we are Drag Race girls, maybe we are always sick of talking about it. And I will admit, Maybe there are things that we are kind of sick of talking about, but also we none if we didn't love the show, we wouldn't have audition for the show, <laughs> right? Wow. So um, I feel like you know, yeah, to see the changes are great on my end. I just want, and I was actually recently talking to a producer on the phone, uh, maybe like a week ago, and I said to her like, you know, it it just it kind of makes me sad sometimes how um, I feel that us earlier season girls don't maybe always get the recognition or we have to like wait patiently to be on like an all-stars or to be a part of like a work the world or to be a part of like a Vegas review show um, when meanwhile you know the girls from you know season 9, 10, 11 whatever are able to you know just jump right on board whether they've acted up or not you know um, I, I do I do feel like it is a, I mean, an unfair bias. And I'm not, and I'm definitely, I think people know me, know this about me. I'm not going to sit here and completely play that robotic game. Like it's all fair. What are you talking about? It's nothing wrong. Like, no, it's, it's, there's been definitely a change in it. And I don't necessarily always like how we all get treated. But the thing that I'm learning is that, um, honey, when they want to act like they don't notice you, make them notice you. And that's what I've been doing. You know, I know for a fact, that I don't have to question for, there were years that I had to question if people from production or even if RuPaul himself 
knows or even I wonder like do they think about me or do they even know if I exist but I know at this point like you exist you know I exist so I do my job and I try not to be I try not to be um frustrated or let that taint you because then it can also make you really bitter you know it can make you really like jealous and bitter and the one thing I don't like to be is any of that you know even when I am jealous of a queen or jealous of something I see a queen doing I try to take that and literally I put that into like my next outfit, my next wig, uh, you know, the next thing I have to work on. You know, I, I always try to just completely c- continue to elevate myself. And I think if you do that, then you don't have to really worry about necessarily like, oh, am I being treated fairly? Because, you know, the fans a lot of times will do the talking for you. And that's what I'm learning too. That's true. Mm-hmm. Because I did recently see on Twitter, you had mentioned, we keep recycling the same queens for the pet stock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're right. It is very like okay, you know, Trixie host or mm-hmm. you know, Bob host or Raja host or something like that. And it's like well, and I yes, you know, we're not in LA, you know, that's one thing. But now we're all quarantined, so it's like we all have Zoom, we right? All, we all have honey and that's like my comeback to any fan who tries to say that trying to you know be cute online or well maybe they getting the girls who are close to the LA maybe we're getting this I'm like well Violet Joshi was just filming in her house ain't she living in New York or something like that like I was just you know I'm quick to like throw those things out but I always no I think I I there's stuff like that I think that if you know honey I've learned this and I think we all can agree with this a closed mouth don't get fed and sometimes I've learned within like entertainment all you have to do is just say something like that. Just say like, damn, you know, can we just see some variety? Can we, it's about 150 plus of us. Like, damn, y'all picking the same 15 girls. And don't get me wrong. The girls are beautiful. You know, I always say that if you won your season, in my opinion, you can do whatever you want. So Trixie can host as much as she wants to. You know, Violet can be on as many episodes as she wants to. So forth with Trinity, Monet, Bob, because they've won. And that's fair. When you win, Mm -hmm. you get those opportunities. That's just fair. But I mean, for the rest of us, nah, come on. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, I got opinions too. Nah. Right, <laughs> right. Listen, I hope to see you in future All-Stars. I know I was definitely looking for you for All-Star season five when they had the lip sync assassin. We kept being like, okay, I oh, bet you Dita Ritz is about to come out. about to come out. Yeah, no. <laughs> Every, a few girls, a few girls I've talked to that were on uh, season five when they, were there and realized it was Lip Sync Assassin. Apparently that was like a conversation. They were like, oh my God, is either gonna be here on one episode? Cause you know, the- yeah, that literally reason yeah. the Hello. Literally so, the reason why that Hello, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were so, honestly, we were upset. We, I believe, I believe. Yeah. Like, we, yeah. we kind of got angry about it in our household and we just, we didn't understand. And that's when we started mm-hmm. realizing the production aspect, I think, mm-hmm. of the show. We were like, oh, okay. They must have well, lost. Well, and I want to say this, if I can say this real quickly, mm-hmm. I'm glad you said it was the production aspect because I feel like, um, you know, Rue, I noticed, gets a lot of blame for things that happen in the show. And a lot of times, it took me a long time to realize, like, my frustration isn't, it can't, it isn't with Rue. It's honestly with the production. It's with the team, you know, that makes a lot of these decisions. And yeah. then I think, Rue then comes in to like finalize stuff, but like all the the heavy duty kind of like uh, stuff that has to be done and the hard decisions that will make people upset are done by production. And so sometimes I think that they, even production needs to kind of hear 
uh, what the fandom is saying, you know, because the fandom is what makes the show go around, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. I think they're slowly understanding it, but I think it's still definitely taking time, you know? It's just, uh, I always say, a lot of people always ask me like, why aren't you a part of this? Why aren't you do this? Why aren't you? And I always say, honey, I think I just missed someone's birthday. You know, I, just, I didn't show up to a birthday party or something. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's a lot of times that it, I, I'm glad you said it's production because a lot of times it's production. And I feel like Rue sometimes gets like the heart, the true heart into the stick with that. People just yeah. go on the attack with Rue, you know? Yeah. Well, we're speaking into the universe. You That's are coming right. back right. into the in front of our eyes and I feel it on the horizon. Honey, I keep, I pray, I stay prayed up, trust and believe. Prayed yeah. up. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Yeah. 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 So as you know, our podcast is called Pride. Uh, we want to know mm -hmm. what pride means to you. Oh, uh, you know, pride for me, I think just is truly being honest and being able to be my authentic self. Um, you know, I, I remember the first time I ever really went to a big pride festival it was here in Chicago and it was me and my best friend Marcus and we get we had uh, went we, we came to Chicago for the weekend and we came with my parents and we somehow were managed to like have it land on the same weekend as um, our market days that we have here, which is like during the summertime where we mm -hmm. celebrate pride kind of all summertime here in Chicago. And so I remember we were walk, we got off the L stop at the Belmont Red Line stop and we walked up Belmont and we just saw all these people, all these shirtless men, you know how the shirtless boys be out there in Pride events. And so we were just like, what in the world is going on? Is it really this big? Because, you know, we're from Lansing, Michigan. Our Pride is maybe at most 500 people at the most, you know, it's not a lot of people at, at the Lansing Pride, you know, um, when we were younger, maybe it's gotten more now, but when we were younger, it was not a really, really big thing. And I remember we turned the corner on the Halstead and just to see the sea of people and to be from such a small town, I was like, I knew I wasn't alone anymore. Like I knew that me moving to Chicago was going to be a good choice for me. It also like, let me know, like I could be prideful and I could be myself here, you know, because when you just grow up in like a small town, and, you know, I was extremely flamboyant. I was extremely opinionated. I didn't back down to bullies. Like, I, I feel like something dangerous was really going to happen to me if I stayed in Lansing, Michigan. So it made me happy to be able to know that, like, I could come to Chicago and be prideful and be who I am, you know? And so that's why, for me, when pride rolls around, sometimes I don't need to even be, like, you know, in the middle of the festival to celebrate, though. I could be sitting at home, you know, celebrating in my own way, listening to, you know, the top 40 gay songs, you know? Yeah, right. And I think that's what we did last year, obviously, we couldn't go out. From what we remember. 2020 was a blur. I forget what things happened. Right. I mean, we're kind of still in it. This is 2020 part two. Vividly. Yeah. Well, Dita, thank you so much for taking time out to thank answer so some questions for us and Kiki. This has been fun. Oh, yeah. No it. problem. Thank you so much. Um, I also have one, if you don't mind, one part I could speak on because I said something about it on Instagram today and I would not mind answering it about the whole sherry pie. of. If you have any questions, I because I, I, I made a video about it and really the reason why I made a video about it was uh, what, what sparked it was I saw more I saw people saying on Twitter that they're shocked that a lot of drag race girls aren't speaking up mm -hmm. uh, about this issue 
And, you know, for me, I'm the type of person that like, I call out fellow drag race girls if I feel like they're not speaking up about, especially girls who have like massive followings. If you're not speaking about like social injustice or racial injustice that is going on in the world and you're just trying to sell me your t-shirt, I feel you need to be called out for that. Absolutely. So when I saw somebody kind of, when I saw somebody call me out, not necessarily call me out like as Dita, but called out the, ra the racers and said, you know, I want to hear more opinions from the racers. Um, you know, I thought to myself, like, you know, when people say, oh, well, maybe somebody doesn't know how to talk about racism. And I had to think like, well, I don't really know how to talk about this, but I thought, you know what? Let me go on. I did my research. I read my stuff. I wanted to make sure I knew where I was coming from. And I spoke about it. And, you know, to be honest, I still say, I still stand with what I said in the video. I don't think that they should have done that interview on Tamara Hall, at least without hearing from the victims first. Because here's mm -hmm. the thing, you know, Sherry already admitted that she, what she did was disgraceful and disgusting. I don't think we need to hear anything else. So if you're going to at all give anybody a platform, you need to give the victims at least a platform to speak about how all of this has affected them. Um, at least give them a, at least do a part one, part two or something like that. So I was, I was, I was very shocked. And, you know, and like I said, uh, her show, you know, the host, she is, I truly think is an impact. I think she is a person who tries to feel people's pain. And I, I do see where her heart is at from, yeah. you know, for asking her to be a part of it. But at the same time, I just think that it's, um, if I may say this not to be like disrespectful, it's a complete spit in the face to the victims. Absolutely. It is. Um, yeah, it's very true. Right? You know, it came out this like a few months ago about Soju as well. Uh, from Drag mm -hmm. Race was, was getting some accusations. And, you know, that's kind of what we were talking about earlier in the green room. It's like, there are a lot of queens now, especially with the new fandom. And we have all the social media access where people are coming out and saying, hey, this queen did this and made me feel uncomfortable. Uh, they said something about Brita Filter one time. So do you think that more queens are gonna continue to come under fire for this? Um, and then do you think it becomes a point where, you know, instead of having them, you know, be guilty until they're proven innocent, it's the other way around. It's like innocent until guilty. Like, what do you feel like should happen, like, in order to make this, to, to make this right for the victims and also for those people to face the, you know, the punishment for their crimes? Well, I, I hate to say this, and, I, and I, I, have, I have always said this, I remember when the Me Too movement really hit, mm -hmm. and I remember, I will never forget, every day waking up to news, because I watch everything news, I watch pop culture, I watch, you know, everything, I watch the hardcore news, I watch, like, I literally watch everything in the news, and I remember um, waking up every day for a week straight, and there was a new accusation about Bill Cosby, and I remember that was crazy once it was starting to get, like, past 20 women, past 30 women. It was getting to like such a crazy amount. It was like 60 women, right? Who came out literally and yeah, said something yeah, against yeah. them. And I remember thinking that there's only a matter of time where drag queens are going to start being called out about it because uh, there is a lot of sometimes that type of behavior that goes on in this industry. Um, and I... I don't know. And I, I remember saying that I know that I don't know when, but it's going to start being talked about. And that's why personally, I, you know, I keep my hands to myself. There is nobody that can say that I was touching or fondling or doing anything. And honey, I've worked with some of the most sexiest little porn stars you've ever seen, but I keep my hands to myself. Mm -hmm. I don't, and that's you know, right. and I think that there will be a matter of time where more people are going to come out and even something as what, you know, you, might have thought was just like a fun flirtation pat on the butt 
might make somebody feel vulnerable. So, you know, here, if I can give a piece of advice to anybody, just keep your hands to yourself, you know, just keep your hands to yourself and and, and wash them. And if you go on drag race, you know, if you go on drag race, you know, make sure that you have really like cleaned out your closet good and thoroughly, you know, because, um, you know, I think the one thing that people are really starting to dislike the most is seeing people get platforms who don't deserve it or who they feel are going to take advantage of it. So I do think we're going to see more queens be outed. I don't necessarily think they'll all be drag race girls, but I think that drag race will play a part of it. You know, if people see you getting a platform and they feel that you have, you have disrespected them to the highest form physically or mentally in such a, you know, disrespectful way, then they're going to, people are going to come out and continue to tell their stories, you know? And so, you know, and for all we know, there could be more victims. You know, when you talk about with Cherry and you talk about the whole soldier thing, there could be more victims that we just don't know that are just needing the courage and they see somebody else say something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, goodness. That's, that's, that's amazing. I'm glad we got to touch on that because I think it's very important to talk about the injustices. And Dita, again, thank you so much. Please come back and visit us anytime. Come back to the table of Pride, the podcast. Yeah. Uh, we love you. Tell our listeners where they can find you on social media. Um, yeah, you can find me on um, Instagram, uh, which is Instagram at Dita Swag, uh, Twitter, the real Dita Swag. Um, and then you can find me on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash Dita Hall Ritz. And I actually have a digital show that's coming up next Friday on the 26th. Uh, it's my details, the drag show I've been doing since pretty much August at this point. It's on Twitch, uh, yeah. twitch.tv slash details, the drag show. And um yeah i'm just super excited it's hopefully when um everything is opening back up here in chicago it's a show that i can you know bring to form you know i've always kind of wanted to have my own drag show and for a long time i was too busy to i was too busy to plan my own drag show and i i found i learned a lot about like you know of course quarantine is just teaching all of us a lot about ourselves and that was one thing i learned like i could actually book a show and you know, yeah, there's so many queens in this industry. Sometimes I'm just doing my own thing. I don't necessarily even know if like a queen even, and I know it sounds really weird, but I, I sometimes question if like a queen even knows who I am or if they even like, you know, see me like whatever the same way or whatever. And so I've been really blessed and lucky to have some really great entertainers in the show, you know. Um, of course, I've had, you know, my sister the Vixen in there and Shea Coulee and yeah. Brooklyn and uh, Trinity came and did my birthday show in December and uh, Jasmine Masters has done a couple of shows in Morgan. And so I've been really lucky to have like, you know, just these really, you know, other fellow drag race girls who will have big names and big followings come and support me. So it feels great. That's amazing. And we're going to get to Chicago. Congrats on yes, that. Yes, yes, Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for taking the time. We love you so much. Stay safe out thank there. You, thank Stay you. warm. Thank you. you guys too. Yes. Yes. Freezing. Bro, like almost 10 inches here or something. The snow is crazy. <laughs> we don't mind 10 inches, but now we're like, damn. <laughs> right? I'm like, damn, of snow. Of not of no damn snow. Maybe some dick, but not no snow. Right. Bye. Thank you, guys. Bye. 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 That was so oh, amazing wow. speaking with Dita fucking Ritz. I yeah. love her. That, this yeah. was, this was an was, iconic moment for me. I just yeah. wanted her to stand up. I, I should have asked her to just re 
enact that lip sync. As many times as we've watched it, like we did Ben De La Creme to redo. Uh, I thought about asking yes. her to be like, can you say cheesecake for me? <laughs> <laughs> we already did it on. on it's on, fine. Yeah. I'm glad she was she's great. doing well and pivoting amidst this pandy, the mm. pandemic. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. As you guys know, this is Black History Month, mm-hmm. and we are ready for our segment known as Blackity Black Facts. <laughs> All right, thank you, Miss Ashley. We finally got that down. So today I'm going to open up and talk about Halle Marie Barry. So Halle, as you get. Barry. Barry. She had a whole song made after her. Um, she is the first runner-up in the Miss USA pageant. Um, and she came back as sixth in Miss World in 1986. Most of you know her from Boomerang, obviously The Flintstones, which, Adam, I know that's one of your favorite it movies. Um, she rose to fame, though, when she was in Introducing Dorothy Dandridge, for which she won a Primetime Emmy Award for and a Golden Globe in 1999. Um, also, Miss Barry went on to win the Academy Award for Best Actress for her performance in a romantic drama film, Monsters Ball, and she mm-hmm. became the only woman of color to have won the award. So that She's was the first. She, yeah, that's that crazy was, still that's to true. me to think that's, of. That's yeah, crazy. so. It's great, and you know most of you out there know her as the first incarnation of Aurora Monroe, also known as Storm in the X Men series, um, in the original X Men series. So she she's done so much. She has been the face of Revlon. Um, she, she's just been a great. She, she has been a cover girl. She was Catwoman. She, she was Catwoman. Oh god. And and that we movie. We don't speak of such things. I know, but you know what? You know I what I'm saying. You know what I say about her plan, plan the role of Miss Patience Phillips is that Halle Berry actually um, got a Razzie Award. She did. The she, same year that she won year. her Oscar. And she That's went funny. to the Razzies huh. and accepted the award with her Oscar in hand. Which is yeah. like, sure, I'll take this, but just so y'all know. So <laughs> I'm still that, at HBIC. She is. Uh-huh. So that's what I call a badass. Um, you know, we also loved her in BAPS. She was amazing. We yeah, recently, she sure um, was. She recently came out and spoke about BAPS. We lost Natalie Nacelle Reed, who mm-hmm. uh, played her uh, cohort Mickey in the show. So it it was it was very um, sad. So. And speaking of Natalie, Cinderella was <laughs> finally put on Disney Plus, which yes, is amazing. Damn, it was like, so good. Yeah, putting respect on Brandy's Cinderella because Disney and a lot of people play that movie. Yeah, racism in production. We said it earlier. Brayden. So the person that I chose this week to feature is Claudette Colvin. Okay. Um, so everyone knows the story of Rosa Parks and her brave stand to um, or sit on the Alabama bus, but mm-hmm. Parks wasn't the first one to do so. Was it? Right. On March 2nd, 1955, a 15-year-old Claudette Colvin was riding home from school when the city bus driver told her to get up and give her seat to a white passenger. She obviously refused. She said, get full. She <laughs> said it a little more eloquently. She said, it's my constitutional right to sit here as much as that lady. I paid my fare. It is my constitutional right. Hmm. So Colvin felt too compelled to stand her ground. But the reason it's given that... Um, moment in time is given to Rosa Parks is because Claudette was only 15 years old. Mm-hmm. She was underage mm-hmm. and the legal courts thought that you know a child couldn't be making these massive moves for mm-hmm. generations to come. Yeah. Wow. Claudette Colvin. Wow. Yeah, and nobody, we never talk about her. No. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I've definitely heard of her. Yeah. yeah. Same. <clears throat> 
Well, I want to speak on Florence Griffith Joyner, mm -hmm. so, you know, on this athlete kick. Yeah. So she's also known as Flo Jo. She was an American, American track and field athlete and is basically known as the fastest woman of all time. The world records she set in 88 for both the 100 meter and 2 meter, 200 meter still stand to this day. Wow. Iconic. Okay, queen. Doing big things. And right now, Serena is wearing this, like, jumpsuit that's inspired by Flojo, like what she wore at the Olympics. Mm -hmm. Her outfit. You, have, you, have you seen it? No, I haven't no. seen it yet. So it's a cat suit, but one of the legs is cut out. Yeah. And it's like all it's all like technicolored. It's super cute. Serena's always taking fashion risks mm -hmm. and like pushing the envelope. People always want to talk about her outfits. And I'm glad that like the Australian Open didn't give her shit. Mm -hmm. Like the French did. Yeah. They should know by now. <laughs> You're like, what would think? Mm -hmm. Well, I want to talk about Minnie Ripperton. So of course, you know my queen Mariah Carey. She has a five octave uh, singing voice, but Minnie Ripperton was actually the first person who came out with that range. Wow. And you will probably know her song, Loving You. Loving you mm. is easy cause you're beautiful. That's why she did it. Okay. Do the note. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think of is Vegas vacation. I, all I think of is the Nettie Professor part one when they grabbed Dave <laughs> Chappelle. I was like, <laughs> yes, that's good. It's so fun. And do you know who she wrote that song about? Who? Her daughter, Aww. who is Maya Rudolph. No way! And so we all wow. bring it back together. Yeah. Kind of so yeah, Minnie represents. She was. She was that bitch. That is cool. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Fucking Maya. <laughs> no, that's different. It's great. <laughs> yeah, but that's it's funny. happening. It's happening. It, 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 it happened. happened. It happened. Uh, guys, this has been an amazing episode. Thank you all out there so much for listening to us from week to week. We can't wait to come back to you next week with more what, Ashley? Blackity black facts. <laughs> we'll be talking to you. My name is Jarrell Anthony. You can find me on all social media. Well, most of it. But uh, Instagram <laughs> at I am Darrell Anthony and Twitter at Darrell Anthony and Facebook Darrell Anthony. Brayden, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, not Facebook. Russia can get fucked <laughs> still. On Instagram, I am at Mr. Brayden Bradley. And I'm Adam Andrew Rios, and you can find me on Insta and Twitter at BoxedWineFoppy with a zero. I am very non-safe for work, so beware if, if you're not into that, just no. <laughs> and I'm Ashley Mitchell. You can find me at Ashley Aaron M on Instagram, Twitters, and the Facebooks. <laughs> so we'll see you next week, guys. See yeah. you then. Bye. 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 Everyone in Texas, please stay safe out there. I know there's a lot going on in terms of the weather. Um, you know, a lot of states have been ravaged by this. Our hearts are with you. We love you all. All of our friends and family out there listening, please be safe. Um, look for your local place that can help you if you need warmth or you need hotels or what have you. We love you all. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Bye. Bye. Bye.